And who would have thought, but we're back for another episode of Strategy in the Virtual Controller. I think we're actually up to episode number 45 or something. So uh, if you're new to Strategy in the Virtual Controller, we're all about helping business owners who do the business of accounting and bookkeeping for their clients uh, to help them really focus in on what's important to them, what's important to their business, and try to avoid a lot of the distractions and also try to avoid the falling into the trap of same as last year. Um, so we follow along the lines of Strategy and the Fat Smoker, wonderful book by the by a guy called David Meister. And basically he says, we know what we should be doing, but unfortunately there's so many distractions out there uh, and it's so difficult to change the status quo that sometimes, even though we know we should lose weight and stop smoking, it's incredibly difficult to do that. And so Strategy in the Virtual Controller is set up to do something similar for for accountants and bookkeepers in public practice to help them uh, avoid a lot of the distractions and and make real intentional change in their business. So if this is your first episode, do us a favor, go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes on Spotify or uh, or Apple Podcasts. And, um, And also, if you're enjoying what you're listening, please, 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 please write a review, leave a rating, that'll help get the word out to more and more accountants and bookkeepers just like you. Uh, Penny, my co-host, how are you today? I'm doing fine, Damien. How are you? Yeah, well, as you can tell from the tell from the voice, a little bit croaky, but as, um, as I was saying just before we were catching up, Gus has had a bit of a, a runny nose for the last six weeks, and I seem to sort of follow a couple of weeks behind him. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, little bit sniffly, a little bit croaky, but otherwise all good. Parenthood, I yeah. do not, I do not miss those years at all. Besides, you know, I'm, I'm I don't have to worry about. It. I had to deal with uh, doing an integration of an app to QuickBooks Desktop, and it wasn't working for somebody. I said, "Well, let me give give me a chance at it." And I don't know what the hell I was offering to do that for because it's been so long since I've opened up a desktop file and I'm going, Oh man, now I got to think differently, which is good for somebody my age. It says it helps, (laughs) you know, I'm more, instead of being on my Apple or my Chrome now on, I'm on a windows machine and I'm, Oh wow. That must be like flashbacks. That's one thing. And then there's like desktop versus, uh, I haven't been in desktop and I don't know how long. And, and yeah, but I, I got it to, I figured out what the issue was um, and understandable why they were having the issue. So I pointed it out to them and they go, oh, okay, fine. So you're going to have to write that into your, uh, your FAQs that people have to make sure that they click here. Click a particular <laughs> button because of yes. desktop. I, um, I, we, we, we hosted a couple of customers, um, QuickBooks Pro Advisors in our Sydney office this week. And, um, I asked them the question, why are people still on desktop? And, and they just said the fear of change and they still have this one, uh, Microsoft machine that's from 2005 or 2009. And the only program running on it is desktop um, and they bring it into the office with them physically. And I said, why do you let them get away with that? And they said, to be honest, it's just not worth our hassle trying to drag these particular clients kicking and screaming. We know how, we know how to deal with them when we're, we're not as efficient with other clients, but it's, it's just not worth our heartache trying to, to drag them along. So we, we service them appropriately, but yeah, they're still out there and it's just that fear of change. Um, and just so you know, folks, 
just yesterday. No, it wasn't yesterday. They confirmed it yesterday they were going to do this. But on Friday, I got a call from a business that had contacted me six months ago because the bookkeeper wanted to go online. But the manager of the finance department, and it's, it's a school, um, not a public school, it's a private school. And the manager of the finance department did not want to. Fear of change. And she called me in a panic because guess what happened to the computer with the QuickBooks on it? <laughs> it crashed. And her board of directors said, you need to get in the cloud. And she's like freaking out. And she goes, well, how long do you think it'll take you to convert us? And I'm going, um, it's a rough week this week, you know? <laughs> this, <laughs> this is, it might not be until next week. And she's panicking. And I was like, you know, um, folks, don't wait till it crashes. Because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah, and 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 good point. And get comfortable with the new technology. That's Don't not go a bullshit story. That, that just literally happened. Yeah, literally. And I think it's the same. And I think, and actually, um, save yourself some money rather than reinvesting in that server or, or fixing that server. Save yourself some money and get online. I mean, I've I've, I've spoken to a number of firms and. They've actually, the, the server renewal, that email came in from their IT contractor and, and basically they, they made a decision to say instead of a $20,000 server upgrade, uh, they're, going to, they're going to cloud, they're going to month-to-month subscriptions and, and based on what the team need rather than this, um, this massive server to, to have all of these different programs running on it that really the firm only uses maybe... 20%, 25% of. So save yourself some money. Yeah, really. Anyway, Penny, that we're not here to talk about that. You sent an email um, earlier in the week about today's episode. And, and normally we sort of go back and forth with a couple of different ideas for each episode. But you were, this one just read workflow. So, and, and then sort of definitions of workflow and, and whatnot. And we've done a few episodes on workflow. So what, um, what caught your eye this week? that has prompted this episode? A week full of good, bad, and ugly workflow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And um, it was was just an interesting week. You know, some of our clients have been, uh, it's been a struggle to get them to use workflow. You know, they'll have it, but they don't use it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and it's, because this one person doesn't want to, or this other person really doesn't understand the benefit of it. Um, Or we have somebody who's like, well, everything's just in an Excel spreadsheet. You know, well, when you had 10 clients and you were all working in the same office, putting on an Excel spreadsheet worked. But it doesn't now because it's 100 QBO files and my staff is remoting in from Chennai and they're working in an opposite time zone than you. And this ain't working this way. How, um, how, can, they, how can they run a practice of a hundred files, hundred clients without workflow? Oh, it just, it's, it's, it was ugly and it was constant, constant, like, and they, it, it, and I said, you know, in the workflow you have really isn't conducive to this. 
So I understand why your staff doesn't like it because it's more of a project-based system rather than a tasking-based system. So, um, you know, it's been a struggle. And even on my, my, there are four of my people that work for this firm because <laughs> they do more than just QuickBooks uh, yeah. uh, reconciliation stuff. They're doing like sales tax. and So anyway, so every I check in. Like, how's it going with this? How's it going? Oh, it's so much better. I said, I noticed. I said, it's amazing. The time that it's taking you to get the work done, that the administrative side of your work, is there's less time spent on it. And, and they said, well, they started using the workflow you recommended six months ago. <laughs> and and huh. there you have it. There you have it. There was less confusion. There was less where is it. There were fewer mistakes and the amount of time that they had to, on the front end and the back end, because, you know, you do your work, but you have to kind of like organize the beginning of it and close the end of it. And those front and back ends were f- happening faster. Um, so I was like going, why are we still struggling with other workflows? And, you know, we have multiple workflows that we work in. and. Um, but we do have people that use the same type and they use them in different ways. <laughs> I was going to say that. Is it what is it a, that that must be sort of interesting as you're working with with folks and let's just use an example and for now, let's say using Aero workflow. But do you see firms using Aero workflow three different ways? Yeah. <laughs> So as a result, your team uses Arrow, <laughs> Arrow three different ways. Well, well, they'll they'll often ask us, and they'll go, "What do you best recommend?" And I'm gonna I'm gonna give some great kudos to two guys that I worked with a long time ago on this. And um, I was always big on this because of the company that I was working in before. We used back going back to desktop. This is showing why I need this to keep dementia away from me is this. Uh, my age is showing, but I, I set up telemagic and then I set up gold mine and I set up workflow. And in those days it was painstaking. You had to kind of code everything in. Um, then fast forward and I went to work with, for Mark Albrecht at XEM and uh, they were using it for tax and they needed somebody who could figure out how to use it for bookkeeping and accounting. And um, I will give Barry McQuarrie and Mark Albrecht a ton of credit because their whole process, because you know you have to have a status point and you have to know where each job is in its progress as it's being completed. And their status points are probably the best I've ever seen. And so we use those status points today. When somebody asks us, will you just set up the workflow for us? Because invariably it's either not done, it's half ass done, or it's goddamn nothing but a wall of crap. And so we'll and go- And are, are they your three status points, Penny? <laughs> What's yeah. what's a sta- what's a status point? A status point is where is it in the process of being done. So um, the workflow is there's there's a status of where the job is. Here's a job we have to do, whether it's a long term project 
or it's a short-term task. It's ready to go. It's in progress. It's waiting for more information. Yeah. It's in review. It's completed. Yeah. Um, but within that task, after you, you've got the task. And so say you have a monthly close, you've got the status. It's ready to go. Why is it ready? Because all the documents are there. That's what makes it ready. So the first step is not me because my team is doing the bookkeeping. The first step is somebody on the other side is going to collect all those documents. Mm -hmm. So it's awaiting information. Now it's ready. They move it to ready. When it's ready, that means it's in our it's in our bucket. We pick it up and we move it to in progress. Now they know that we're working on it. And if we have a question, we send it back to a status called we have a question. Well, we don't call it that. We call it question. No, um, no, but, 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 but that's sort of interesting though as well is like something in, is in process. But I guess, yeah, if, if you've got a question and you can't, I guess you, you can keep going on other aspects. But if there's things that you can't keep going on, you just put it back to questions. Right. If, we, hmm. if, this, if it's something that we can't, uh, we can continue working on it, we wait until the very end to send it back to question. We'll continue right. working, yeah. you know, because otherwise, have I seen people do that? Just stop and not either go on with the rest of the job or sit there and wait because like there's another one in the queue, pick it up. So, yeah. you know, but you know that there's another one in the queue. And then they, they don't send that question, unless that question is critical to them going to the next step of the job, they continue on and that question will be sent towards the very end for right before, you know, because it'll go through a supervisor and the supervisor can't answer it on our side, then, okay, we'll send it back to them because everything's done but this one thing. Mm -hmm. And and we always ask them, you know, either answer the question and send it back to us to fix or fix it and then tell us what the answer is. And market still changed the status to answered, but we took care of it. So now we know the next time what to do in that situation. Um, but also sometimes we'll get in the middle of a job and even though they sent it to us, not all the information is there. So we use that status point and we, we move it back to awaiting information. Hey, mm -hmm. this document isn't there. You might think it is, but it isn't. Oh, we can't find it. Um, so we kind of separate out the issue of a missing document versus there's a there's a question about the aspect of bookkeeping and accounting as it relates to this firm, to this company. And then, um, then there's, depending on the work and the level of work that we're doing, I mean, a reconciliation is one thing, but, you know, doing some other things like when we do audit prep and tax prep, it's a little bit more detailed on the steps, but those are the basics. And then um, it's done, it's completed, and it automatically causes the next task on a repeatable one to recur. That's good workflow because anything that can be automated to reoccur, you really want to have happen. And then within, but so we've got a task and we've got a status of that task and we have a due date of that task. But it within that task, monthly close, well, there are checklists for that. And I don't care how long you've been doing this. I don't care 
how smart you are, have that checklist in there because sooner or later, you're going to have to bring somebody else on board and then you're going to have to sit down there and explain to them that they missed something. So if you have that checklist of what you wanted, what does it take to do a monthly close in QBO? What does it take to do a monthly close in QuickBooks Desktop? What does it take to do a monthly close in Zero? They're slightly different. Have that checklist. And that forces that team member to say, yes, I did this. Yes, I did this. Yes, I did this. Okay, done. Because, you know, it's not just reconciling a bank account and a credit card account. Did you verify the payroll matches? Mm. Did you verify that the AP is reconciled to the month? Did you verify that the AR is reconciled? There's a lot of other things. Did you check the sale? If this is a sales tax client who collects monthly, did you check that? That's all part of monthly closing. And so, and so basically, this is very simplified. Are you seeing a lot of firms that basically the, the task is monthly monthly close, whereas actually the, the the process is monthly close and it has a series of tasks. So it's, right, exactly. it's a simplification. Yeah. 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 Oh, shoot. I see Excel spreadsheet, monthly close, change the color when you closed it. You know, <laughs> I mean, literally, literally. Goes from red to green. <laughs> green uh, to red. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and I still see that. I don't with this other company, which is great. But then there was this same situation. Well, it was a different situation, but the same week where we had two companies starting with us, each of them using the exact same workflow. Both of them saying, how would you set it up? And one just going, will you do it for us? And I said, yes. And the other one said, okay, I'll take that under consideration. And the one where they said, would you set it up the way you like? We did. And it's working perfectly. And the other one, it was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Um, Because two different people on that side were involved. Two different people had two different ideas on how they thought communication should go back and forth. And it was a basic shit show. (laughs) <laughs> and my team were like going, well, we did it this way today, but this guy wants us to do it this way now. And we just got in trouble for doing it that way with the other person. <laughs> oh, how many, how many firms have you gone into and have seen that like in terms of how to prepare a tax return or how to close the, close the monthly books that poor, poor team members, poor, um, could juniors or seniors, um, they've got to have a look at who the actual partner is before they get started working on the file because the the partners prefer preparation done two different ways. It's it's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, they want their trial balances run differently. That was, I mean, like I've had that happen. Um, So you just, uh, yeah. And it it was, so it was like, like I said, it was a good thing and there was some bad things. It was good that this company that had attempted to use workflow several times and, you know, and it's to their credit, I know that they're very, very, very busy and they are, it always seems like they're always putting out fires for their clients. They should probably kick a few to the curb, (laughs) but they didn't. And it took them a while, but once they hunkered down and everybody liked and agreed on one workflow and they set it up, I mean, it's, it was magic on the efficiencies and the time savings that it gave, at least to my team from our side. 
Well, I guess that that's a question that I had. So this firm that you you worked with and 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 basically did the project to set up the workflow. That was a different company, but yeah. No, 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 no. But 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 that that particular company, do they do they use the workflow the way you've set it up for their own processes as well in their own firm? And have they adjusted, or is it really just the the work that they're sending over to you? Well, in this case, we are their full back office. Oh, right. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, basically, um, there's another company that they in way back when we, they've been with us for almost six, seven years now. And way back at the beginning, it was a, uh, it was a group sit down through go to meeting back then, um, to decide how are we all on this side and you on this side? How are we all going to be in the same workflow so that everybody knows what the statuses are and everybody can look at that checklist and know where you're at within? So if you're in work in progress and somebody see it, because especially for us, if we're in work in progress and we're in the middle of doing a job and I don't know. Does this happen to people where all of a sudden a job you thought was okay to get done in five days, you need the next day? Ever Quite regularly, that I would happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they need to know where we are in the process. So the checklist that we do tells them where we are in the process so they can take the job back and pick it up in mid-stride and finish it. And then they let us know, hey, we needed it back before you were going to come in and finish this. Oh, uh, the other thing is change priorities. I like having priority levels. You know, you know, everything can be medium priority. You know, I need it. You know, I need this client done five days after the task is ready. Mm-hmm. So do it in five days. Medium, medium, medium. All of a sudden, I need it back that next day. Move it to high priority, which means that whoever's working on it in their whole list of tasks that has to go to the top of it food chart you know yeah um, and and actually regardless of if you're working with an out, a back office outsource provider or just your own team whether again yeah. whether you're in, in in a physical office or or working virtually and remotely um these these are all tips and tricks to make that workflow really sing and and also um give people visibility accountability um through the entire process, not just the not just the owners of the business or the partners, but whoever whoever picks up the phone and, and sort of the clients asking questions. Well, let me just see where it is in the workflow, and and whoever picks up the phone, um, they can actually you know the Beth who we've spoken about, they can log in and see actually well we're on track to to get it back to you as promised, so it's all okay. Um, well, the Beth person in all of these firms is the person who comes in in the morning to see where we're at and report on that. Um, And they're usually the one who contacts us if we blow it and don't move something. And, you know, that happens. Like, uh, ladies, did they think you didn't get any work done. Oh, I'm sorry, we forgot to change the status. Like, you know, okay, everybody does that. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, that does happen, but typically it only happens once or twice and then it never happens again. Yeah. Um, and it, it's typically for us, it's with the new person who doesn't, they understand accounting. They don't understand the validity and the, and the reason for the status. And we have to explain it to them. Uh, but, on why we also, do I was just going to say, people get sick. People's kids get sick. They can't get into, can't get into work today. 
Um, and, and to that point, if people are aware of that priority as an example, um, and also if, if I can't get into the office today, uh, cause I've got to care, uh, take care of myself or care for someone in my family, people know where my projects are and they can take over if required, or alternatively can relay back to Beth that, that, um, Damien's out. Um, and so, so is it okay if we push things an extra day or do we need to still, still get it in? Um, in on time. So I think, again, down on the crisis, I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, that. avoid that. But but I think, to your point, for the vast majority of things that we're doing, it's medium to low priority. Um, unless, of course, oh, and, yeah, and then, absolutely. And, and that's absolutely. probably the best place to start with that mindset so that you do have that sort of space to go to high priority. That's, that's, that's a great way of looking at it. It does, because typically the work that... It, you know, it's there's, there's obviously there have been some crunches. There have been there are there are a few clients that said, hey, "Can your team work on Saturday?" You know that kind of thing. Um, but uh, that that happens occasionally. Yeah. But realistically, the more we utilize workflow, the less crisis we have. And it was so apparent to me that something had changed because I wasn't getting crisis. Slack messages mm. from this firm, which it, it, it was, it was becoming a, if not semi-weekly, at least daily occurrence um, that something got missed. And you know, and I, you know, I was like going, "You've got an Excel spreadsheet, and there are two hundred and fifty reoccurring tasks on it that happen at different times." And the only way I can see that we know what we changed the flipping colors. I mean, come on, yeah. don't. You know, like, and it was, it took forever, but I just noticed that things were smoothing out. And I looked at the timesheets and I'm going, wow, there's a lot less time that the supervisor is dealing with having to write reports on where they're at and what they're doing. And it was just like, what happened? And they went, oh, didn't you know they started using this? And I went, yes. They started using it the way way we asked them to use it. (laughs) I sent an email to the, uh, to the salesperson that I knew over at that company. And I said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but I think even that, that point there, the, the amount of time the supervisor was spending on that administration of the client of, of the, of the work. Um, you know, we, we, we sort of talk a lot about automation and, and streamlining of processes. And, and actually we sort of focus on the automation of data collection and data processing but that, that's another area of, of huge efficiency gain when we do use a workflow tool because the management of tasks is happening in the, the, the management of tasks, the reporting on tasks, the, the statuses is all happening in the background because, because of the way that it's been set up. So within a couple of clicks, you can get those status reports rather than having to go line by line down that spreadsheet and look at the color and probably race down the hallway or send a message to a particular uh, team member to, to get that status update. It's all in that one spot. And I think that efficiency gain, I think that's probably underestimated. And one of the things that I would like to get across, and I've said this often, and I don't know if I've ever had the ability to clearly state it because I'm not like, I can be very obtuse sometimes. I understand. (laughs) Oh, weird. (laughs) But um, uh, is that it's 
universal. The workflow, regardless of the app, regardless of the industry, the need for the flow is universal. And the other thing that prompted this was this morning, I'm talking, and I do have a few direct clients, right? So I have a few. And I'm talking to the CFO of this business who we've actually have said we're going to meet for a beer on Sunday because I've never met him in the three years we've been working with him. And he only lives four miles from my house. But all of their employees are virtual. And they started with just three employees. And they're up to like uh, 25 now. Wow. And they're all virtual. And they're all over the country. Yeah. And he called me because somebody did something and um, they were approving bills and uh, that he he wasn't being notified about. And um, so he called me about that and he goes, he goes, how am I supposed to track all this stuff? And I said, well, you don't have anything. I said, you've got a sales and marketing app. They use HubSpot. And then you've got a project app for the projects that you work on because all of their jobs are uh, shot. They have a beginning and an end. And so they use a project called Asana. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the only thing I'm involved in is the money side, but I have to be in the sales and I have to be in HubSpot and Asana because that's where I'm picking up the fact that a contract was signed and I have to set up the estimate, which is going to set up the invoicing and da, 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 da. And so, um, and then also because I pick up, I, we do their AP also, but I use relay five for that. So that makes it real easy. And I use bookie to, have everything go to Bookie, Bookie sucks it into Relay, to QBO, and QBO sends it over to Relay Pfizer. It makes it really easy. I've got as much of that automated as possible. But what they don't have automated and what they're not, what they're losing control of is their own workflows. Mm. So he doesn't, he doesn't have an idea of where all the different players are in the company, whether it's sales and marketing, whether it's their data analytics people, whether it's their scientists, because they do clinical trial testings, whether it's their uh, operations person, where are they in any given job so that we can now go invoice for that part of the project. And it seems like everything falls down to him because he's the one accepting responsibility. And I said, you need a workflow. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I'm sitting there and and I'm looking at this document and, and you can post it if you want where I wrote out what, what makes a good workflow and I don't mention any names of any given workflow because the thing is it doesn't matter if they do this and if you use it so I gave that to him and I said you find the spots on here where you think you've got holes missing and you're losing control and we'll find something and he immediately looked at it he goes yeah that's my problem I don't mm-hmm. know where everybody is in the process of what they're doing for this company, but I'm the one that has to go to the board of directors and report on it. And report, yeah. uh, So, yeah, so I, the thing is, if you can get this done for your company, if you can get this done for your firm, that's a value added product that you can then turn around and you don't necessarily have to install the workflow. You can define the need for it. And that's a value added and define what it is that they need to do. That's a value added. 
And then if you have the personnel that are interested in it, you can do what my team does occasionally, which is help set the workflow up. Um, Now, I can't do all of their workflow for them, but at least I was able to point out that they, one, needed it, and two, here are the things that you need to look for in order to be able to find the right one for you, and this is the way you should look at setting it up. And these are the these are the parts of it that are necessary. And, you know, that was like a 30-minute conversation, and I got paid pretty well for Yeah, nice. And I think that's actually a good point is the, the workflow that you set up in your accounting or bookkeeping firm, it's not going to be the same piece of software um, that you would set up in, in a medical trial client or, or in a in a, um, a mechanics um, business or whatnot, but the, the, the process the and the fundamentals the and the concepts are all the same. And yep. even just, as you said, to have that 30-minute conversation, hour conversation, to help them understand what they need, to help them understand the, the gaps that they're trying to fill. I really like when you said that, here's a list of things. What are the gaps that you're seeing in your business in terms of what you don't know? And then let's work to work out how we can plug those gaps. We're yeah. not the experts in 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 workflow for um, medical practitioners or whatever, but we can certainly help identify things to look for uh, when you're out looking at different products. I really like that. Well, yeah, and it's a lot nicer conversation to have than where is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I think one of the challenges, and I've and I think this is part of my personality as well, is. I've opened a number of workflow tools and sort of sat down to be like, right, I can really do this. But it, it is quite overwhelming to sort of sit down and do it. Yeah. And so, Penny, just sort of as we close out the episode, if you sort of hopefully there's some listeners that that I think probably in the situation where they're, where they're probably getting 5 or 10%, maybe 20% out of their workflow tool, what are, what what do you say to them is like, how do you help them get started, get more out of the, their workflow tool, help them to, I, I think, realize the, maybe, I'm not sure if the promised land is the right word, but how do you get them to realize the, the true benefits of, of workflow? What are, what are some of the common traps to avoid or, or, or tips that you think listeners can take advantage of? Bring everybody into the, on the table that is a, a, a stakeholder and and getting the work done and get their opinion on where they think their stop gaps are and um, make it an amenable thing like, hey, we're going to try to c- cut down on the crisis. Um, one of the things we think is going to help is this type of thing. But in order for us to implement this, we want to have your input on how you think it should roll. Take this list. I'm so, this is a great list. Um, and you know, I'm I, I I'm not touting my own horn here. This this is this is not rocket science. Nor am I the only one who's ever thought this up. This is just this is out in the universe, anyways. But just take a look at it. It's one page. Uh, it's what 250 words. But just like what? How do we lay this out? And then you need a quarterback to do it because. It's going to take somebody to take time. For, they're going to have to put a lot of concentrated time. When I did this uh, setup for this company that came on board, I didn't even give it to my team to do because they were overwhelmed 
with work. They were in, you know, they were like, we're maxed out. The, the client was maxed out. And I just said, well, you know what? During the afternoons, two or three hours during the afternoon, I really have some downtime. Usually I take the dogs to the dog park. The dogs were not happy that week. <laughs> but, um, and, uh, and I just hacked it out. But it took me a solid concerted two to three hours for five days mm. to get this set up. And I used all the tools of the workflow. And they gave me the template of what they wanted. And I just built it. And, um, and I didn't really build it. I mean, that's the nice thing about a lot of these workflows is there's no coding like it was back when I was using Goldmine or Telematic. It's plug and play. It's put mm. this over here, put that there, and it's done. And then just create the checklist. That was the most time-consuming part, was creating the checklist that he needed for each function that he was going to have done in his firm. Because he knew what he wanted to do. He knew exactly what he wanted to do, and he knew what he wasn't going to do in his company. Which I think is is critically important. My my only other tip there would actually be go back to the provider and ask to to find out what templates and what tools and yes. and do they have a community the uh, a community of of sharers that and I'm and this one did confident. and this one did and he gave me that yeah he said, and- it's the template they recommend and the only part that took time was me doing the checklist because he wanted some of his checklist done differently. Yeah. So and I think, so, so leverage your providers and leverage your, their, the customer success functions of, um, of your providers, because for the most part, somebody's probably done this before or done some of this before. So sort of leverage the learnings and, and leverage the resources that I think are, are at your fingertips. And just remember, it's it's not about reinventing the wheel, because I think if that's your mindset, then it is very overwhelming. It's a very difficult challenge to, to get started. Yeah, I'm sending the workflow doc to you if you want to post it, uh, if anybody wants to download it. Um, like I said, this isn't proprietary. It's out there in the universe. Uh, and, um, you know, I'll tell you what, <laughs> when it's done right, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> There's no crisis. Uh, no crisis. And Penny, let's leave it there because I think what I'd also really encourage listeners to do, if, if you would like help on workflow, get in touch with us. Um, because, again, we, we've seen the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, and we can, we can either have a, have a quick discussion, have a quick conversation with, with you. Alternatively, we can engage, um, and, and really help you get this project up and running. And if you think about where we are in the year, now is the perfect time to, to get that set up, to really robustly test it, um, before you come into another year end and another busy season. Yeah, it's a good time to start now. <laughs> good time to start now. Well, folks, you can find um, Penny Breslin, Damien Greathead. Find us on LinkedIn. Penny Breslin's website is moneypennyllc.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find Penny on LinkedIn. So feel free to uh, to reach out and get in touch. We will post the, um, the, the document that Penny's discussing in the show notes. So uh, jump on to the website as well to grab those. Uh, But Penny, um, fascinating conversation about workflow. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good one. Yeah, you too, Penny. (laughs) See you later.